You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show, if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Fridays on Locked On NBA, Nick Angstad of Locked On Mavericks and Adam Mattis of Locked On Nuggets. Power ranked the week that was in the NBA. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get podcasts. This is part two of my conversation with Matt Issa. If you checked out part one, we went into his very ambitious project to list the top 10 greatest players in NBA history. This is part two of that conversation. If you haven't checked out part one, make sure you go back and listen to that so you can get a little bit more information on Matt's just methodology, the reasoning for his project and exactly how he applied himself into determining this list. It was a really interesting conversation. In part two, we get into that a little bit more into detail, but we also launch into a much more detailed discussion about the top five players in Miami Heat history. So I thought that was a fun discussion as well, using some of the same concepts that Matt applied to the NBA at large in his quest for the best. So make sure you go check out part one. And here is part two with Matt Issa. Part of the context, even before the, I think the episode, while I was still in Springfield, like I talking about Chris's overall career and why he just doesn't seem to get the kind of credit that I feel he deserves. And a big part of that was because you know, those Raptors teams weren't largely successful. And it's just, I wonder if you considered that too, when your analysis here, I mean, all the players that you're interviewing, when you're talking about the greats of the greats, you know, throughout all of NBA history, it's kind of hard, you know, not all of them are champions. And, you know, whether it's one title or several titles, they're all up there in terms of having achieved championship success. But you look at a player like Chris Bosh throughout the first seven years of his career, barely reaching the playoff level and that's a big part of why a lot of people don't consider him great but I always have such a hard time with that conversation because separating individual greatness from team success like not it hardly relies on an individual's own ability like Chris Bosch was a phenomenal player from 2003 to 2010 it's not his fault that his best teammate was I mean who I don't know uh, uh, Jose Calderon, uh, Morris Peterson, Andrea like Bargnani. Yeah, Andrea Bargnani, exactly. It's like, you know, he has to drag those guys with him too. Like, you can't get to the playoffs with, with Bargnani as your, your second best player on your team. And look, I, it's kind of unfair. I, I'm in going through this conversation, and maybe this will segue into our next line of thinking here. I keep rationalizing, and a lot of people disagree with me, probably mostly the older Heat fans. To me, Goran Dragic is the best point guard in Heat history. And and maybe, again, impossible to separate my own personal feelings about Dragic as a, a player because I've talked to him in the locker room dozens of times, you know. And, and one of my first profiles was being able to sit down with Goran and him telling the team bus, no, 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 you know, don't worry about it. I'm going to stick around and talk to this guy who he didn't even know. And, and telling other reporters that were waiting to talk to Goran you know, sorry, I'm talking to him right now. And so that kind of shapes my perspective on him, certainly. But he's also been a really good player during that time period. And, and he doesn't have the the individual success in terms of having reached the all-star game or anything like that. And he also doesn't have the team success in that they didn't win any championships. And in comparison, a lot of people look at Tim Hardaway and his Tim Hardaway Sr., I should say, and his overall impact in Miami during his tenure here. 
And a lot of people consider him to be the greatest point guard in, in heat history. So I wonder, I mean, I'm kind of rambling here, but like how much of that is easy for you to incorporate or separate when it comes to weighing team success versus the individual's greatness? I will say this. Um, I'm sure you love this team. You remember that heat team that went 11 and 30 in the first half of the season and then 30. Heck 11 yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Worst Goran and best season like, I've ever covered. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Goron was like awesome. I remember I saw a graphic where they did that thing where they just like player E, player A, player B in their stats. Yep. And then they tell you it's like it's Goran Dragic and Kyrie Irving. Yep. And I was like, oh, my God, that's incredible. But um, yeah, no, you are right, though, in that not right about the Dragic um, Tim Hardaway senior thing. I'm sorry. But um, no you're way. Right you're, you're one of those guys. You're too young to remember. You, can't, you didn't even watch Tim Hardaway play. What do you remember watched, Hardaway's career? I've watched so much Hardaway from well, not so much. I'd say I've watched like probably like nine or ten full games with Hardaway incorporated in them. But like, you know, I did for knowing that I was coming on your show. I, I looked through the statistical profiles of, um, you know, some of the guys that I figured would come up in conversation. But uh, one thing that was really crazy to me is just how many pull-up threes uh, Tim Hardaway was taking back then. Ridiculous. I think that was, yeah, it was ridiculous. The handles, of course. But I remember in one game that I'll, I'll never forget, this has nothing to do with any of the players I studied. I just watched it because I'm a loser. But in that 1997, <laughs> I think it was like game four, Knicks versus uh, Heat. And I just remember the Charlie Tim Ward Hardaway. game? Uh, no, not the Charlie Ward. It was, it was game four of the Ward game because I'm thinking of the game. You remember the game when Hardaway drops like 35 and was that the was it five? I don't know. I don't know. I'm blinking right now. But no, it's all right. It's all I right. I just remember. I remember that Patrick Ewing's on the floor. Charlie Ward was on the floor too. But um, Alonzo Mourning, like PJ Brown, uh, Dan Marley, and Starks, all of those guys are on the floor, and like it felt like Tim Hardaway. You talk about like the feeling thing, and like talking about like the things that you can't quantify. It felt like Tim Hardaway Senior was the best player on the floor that night, and that that always stick out in my head. I mean, that, I, I've seen that argument, too. Like, that's uh, like people have questioned me and gone, well, what's Goron's big, big game, right? Like, where's the game that everybody kind of remembers? And I don't think he has that. And I, that's that, that's fair. Like, you, you have to have those moments, those singular moments that stand out and kind of resonate uh, after after your career is over. And I guess he's just never going to have those moments. So maybe I'm I mean, wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But he I, does I don't have, like, you know, he does have the fact that he literally cost Bledsoe his job in Milwaukee. <laughs> on his resume just the way he tore him apart in that series that's fair yeah they had to mortgage their near future for drew holiday just because of goran Dragic. so that's that's absolutely right uh yeah you know what now now i'm back back i'm back on the goran train thank you so much you reminded me of that you're absolutely correct um but let's get into it i mean always a fun conversation for my listeners you know do you have a a ranking of your top Miami Heat players. I mean, 10, I think, might be going into some questionable choices there. So maybe a top five of the best Heat players in Heat history. Like what they mean to the culture or like, because like if if it's like, you know, just best to be LeBron number one. Right. But are we talking does about it? like, does it? Because that's that's right there. You like lost 90 percent of the law, the listener audience because LeBron's four like years best. Well, like I mean, best, is like it peak? That's that's debatable or like. I, that's overall. debatable. And that's that's the part of the oh debate. Is God. like that's part of the debate. It's like how the hell do you quantify this? Like four years where he was really really good, and then everybody says, "Well, he shits the bed in 2011 finals." That kind of gets held against him. Forget it. At that point forward, it's like it's Dwayne first and foremost. Like it doesn't matter. Like Dwayne, Dwayne, I don't know. Dwayne could commit murder in Miami, and there'd probably be like a large group of Heat fans going, eh, "Let's hear Dwayne's side first. I don't know. I, I I tend to agree with you that LeBron during those that four year stretch 
probably was better than Dwayne even during the two years before the big three was formed when he was playing at an MVP level, but that's kind of hard to quantify. I mean, again, that's you're, you're looking at a, what is a 16 year career mostly spent in Miami and playing at a high level with game winners. And this is my house and all those incredible moments. Like we're talking about what Goran lacks and Dwayne has those in spades, you know, all the different moments that have defined Dwayne's greatness from the 2006 finals and on and on and on, even his first year as a rookie. Like you knew you, you, you were w- witnessing greatness. Well, there might be some doubt about the top players in NBA history, but there's no doubt about the best tasting protein bar of all time. That's Built Bar. So many delicious flavors to choose from. You can get a mix box that matches all the different flavors that they have available, whether it's coconut, raspberry, salted caramel, or cookies and cream. So many great flavors, all 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew, so you don't even know you're eating a protein bar, but you're getting all the nutrients that you might want, so they're great for all types of diets. And best of all, if you go to built.com right now, that's B-U-I-L-T.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your first order. So use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off at built.com. And this is a product I've been talking about a lot lately. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. works for up to seven days per use. Sweat block, that's the one that you need to know. If you or somebody you know has an issue with profuse sweating, then sweat block is the product for you. Look, I've got a friend of mine who's a teacher. He had a, an active sweat problem. He sometimes felt a little embarrassed about it, had to change shirts in the middle of the day. No more. He's been trying sweat block, loves it. Now he's got this renewed conference. He's tackling the new school year, feels better about himself. He doesn't have to worry about students looking and judging him or anything like that. So if you know somebody like that, wants to change the way they live and wants to feel a little bit better about themselves and more confident than sweat block is the pod for them. You can find it on CVS. You can find it on amazon.com where it's been knocking out reviews, positive reviews for up to 10 years. But if you go to sweatblock.com right now and use the promo code locked on, you get 20% off. Again, you can find it at Amazon on CVS or at sweatblock.com. And if you use the promo code locked on, you get 20% off. I don't know where to begin the conversation. To me, I guess you could argue that two MVPs, two championships, four finals runs. But again, to my earlier point, how much of that is LeBron being really, really damn good and also the big three and those teams being really, really damn good? Like if you remove LeBron, you know, if you remove everybody else from that equation regarding those four years from 2010 to 2014, is LeBron able to carry the team in the same way that Dwayne was able to carry the team in 2008 to 2010? I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how to have this conversation. So I'm hoping that maybe you could add some kind of context or, or a nuance to the discussion. Yeah. I mean, you just gave me a, a wow. You just gave me a little tough one. Um, okay. So I'll say this because I feel like I'm going to get so much flack for this now. I'm trying to, I'm really walking on like thin ice after the, the Garnett comments. Oh, so, for sure. But one thing I noticed is that Heat team, as great as it was, it was not built for Wade's strengths or LeBron's strengths. Like, I think both of them would have done a lot better if, like, you know, say, like, Wade has, like, Paul George instead of LeBron. Like, I know that sounds, like, awful, Ooh. but, like, I'm just saying, like, a player of that that archetype, you know <laughs> what I mean? Who your grave is getting deeper, ball. my friend. Let me tell you, it's tough you, here. You, 
don't isn't there some merit to that like keeping Wade on the ball and bringing like an on ball off ball hybrid who also plays elite level defense to like flank him like wouldn't that make more sense for D Wade in his prime I yes I, I mean I think that was the transition from 2011 to 2012 and that was you know you look back to that 2011 finals where where Bosch and Wade were playing at an incredibly high level and LeBron looks mostly disconnected because the ball is out of his hands and he doesn't know quite how to thrive. And then we see over the next three seasons of the big three where Dwayne, while still incredible as a scorer and playmaker, plays more off ball, something he'd never done earlier in his career. And then I think that's where they wind up kind of finding a groove in order. Again, you know, we've heard about the apocryphal stories from Wade saying to LeBron somewhere in I don't know, Jamaica, Bahamas, wherever they sat in that, in that yeah, following that 2011 finals and saying, you know, this is your team. We'll only go as far as you take us, et cetera. I don't know how true that is or, you know, how accurate it might be having reported. But I mean, I, I think we start to see that evolution from LeBron too, where he does become more of that kind of elite defense flanker uh, to, to Dwayne Wade's ability. To, but, uh, you know, Dwayne had to wind up playing off ball mostly during that stretch too. Yeah. But I mean, like D Wade can play off ball, but I feel like, if he's playing off ball, the guy who's playing on ball, at least during that time, has to be somebody who can beat you with a three. You know what I mean? Yeah, LeBron, LeBron wasn't, wasn't that, that yeah. guy yet. No, he wasn't. But um, I think like like both of them, you're right. You know, obviously have different. See, it's just so tough. I don't want to say like like okay, like you know, LeBron's the because okay at their peak, like at their apex, you know, it's obviously because Le, LeBron's peak was in Miami. That's the thing about it. It's not like yep. you know his peak was in Cleveland or in L.A. He was his best at Miami. That's what that's what hurts Wade's case here for number one but um you, you're right though like the moments the memories the fact that he wins the 2006 nba finals with arguably the worst finals roster supporting cast of the last 22 years like of the 2000s um because shaq's basically on his last legs there Ooh. for all intensive purposes wow, you can't you can't help it man you keep stepping in it you oh. just disparaged you, one you of the funnest teams shaq, like you guys claim shaq that much or are you just talking about the team as a whole the team as a whole, you're going to, you know, the Gary Payton erasure at this point, like unbelievable. Antoine Walker, James Posey. I mean, Jason Williams, that, that group yeah, was, was just going to say Jason Williams. Yeah. Yeah. They he was at fun. Springfield too. Yeah. It was amazing. It's like that. He, those, those are really, really good teams. I don't know. I, I, I guess you're right. I, I could see how, you know, like that to, like, think about how great the teams were that, like during that 22, other than maybe, okay. Maybe the 2011 maps were, <laughs> were a lesser roster, but like, think about how good the teams were. Yeah, you have completely, completely like, undeserving championship in Dallas in 2011. <sighs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I rewatched the last year during the uh, the break right after the pandemic, you know, forced the the stoppage in play, and I remember thinking, man, that 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 Mavs team was they weren't particularly good. Watching boys Brian Cardinal kill your team and, and foul mm-hmm. Chris Bosh into the third row of seats. Nah, come on, man. They, 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 I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, Brian <laughs> I don't Cameron, want to go down this path. Uh, what was it? Deshaun Stevenson. Oh, oh yeah. Jason Terry, um, fine. Jason so, Terry, Jason Terry, Dirk had his moments, I guess, but overall. But um, so okay, so let's 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 table those two, right? Is one and two. We're not gonna say like who's who. Three through five. Um, I would probably say okay, so for th- what they did for the heat, I feel like I feel like morning might edge out Bosch here. What do you think about that? I I think it's partly the same conversation um, 
as far as Tim versus Goron, different eras, everything else like that. A six-year stint for for you know CB, and two of those impacted by blood clots. Uh, of course, that wound up forcing an early retirement. Uh, but much more team success. Also, uh, Alonzo, you know, he didn't he didn't play much more in Miami than CB did. Like he acquired in 1995 before that season, and then by the the 2000 2001 season, he missed most of that. Uh, due to his own kidney issues, and then he wound up coming back and missing most of the following season. That's, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's where the story comes in, right? Uh, you, you, can I tell it now? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so um, me and Dave were talking about this beforehand, but I have like an Alonzo morning story. So my family is from Iraq. Um, I'm Chaldean. That's like a dialect of Arabic. But anyways, my grandfather, he used to like you know herd sheep and his uh shepherd partner whatever the the term is um he his name was george Aboon, i believe i think that's his name he's deceased now but um he uh you know they always said like he was like a really really intelligent guy like he was way ahead of his peers and everything turns out he grew up to be a surgeon and um so who performs the surgery on alonzo morning that the big surgery has that big operation it was, it was, it was my, my grandfather's, my dad calls him his best friend, but I'm sure they were just like regular friends, but he's the, he's the guy who performs that surgery on him and James Carter's uh, daughter or whatever. It, they had a similar procedure. I can't remember which one, but um yeah, that's Jimmy that's, Carter. Yeah. That, that's a, uh, wow, that's incredible. That's uh, that's some pretty close ties there. I, I mean, the kidney transplant. All I remember is that Alonzo, I, I want to say it was a cousin who wound up donating a kidney there um, and, and and helping Alonzo to eventually come back. I mean, he, he wound up recovering, not playing for Miami, uh, leaving in free agency, which, you know, again, everybody kind of overlooks that. I'll, I'll never forget it, but I know that he, he left the team in free agency. And I, I know part of it was he wanted to get paid. Pat Riley said, dude, we just spent the past three years not knowing whether you're available at all with a life-threatening disease. Uh, there's no way that we're going to throw a lot of money at you. And somehow Alonzo was able to convince the New Jersey Nets at that point in time, not the Brooklyn Nets, to pay him, I want to say, four years, $22 million. And that was a lot of money at the time. And he was viewed as a complimentary piece there uh, to, you know, to help guide them. They had just come off a couple runs to the finals where they met up against Shaq and Kobe and their, you know, their three Pete there. And I guess they viewed Alonzo as that next complimentary piece. Of course that didn't quite work out. That was a bad choice from day one because that was a fast paced team that was always moving. Alonzo was more, much more of a half court kind of guy. Oh man. And what a, what an interesting intersection between your family history and Alonzo's too. So Trying to come up with a list of the best players in NBA history is tough, but finding the auto parts that you need for your car or truck isn't, especially if you go to rockauto.com. Look, you can go to a traditional chain storefront, try to find out the parts that they might happen to have in their warehouse. They'll look for it on their computer. They'll ask you all sorts of questions. Maybe you have no idea what you're talking about. You don't have to worry about any of that with rockauto.com. Their website has been around for 20 years. That's two decades of serving auto parts customers online. It's a family-owned business. You go to their website, easy to navigate, easy to use, a few clicks away, and you get the parts that you need at a great low price because their prices are the same for everybody, whether you're a mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer, rockauto.com is the one for you. So go to rockauto.com right now. 
see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and then go to the section that says, how'd you hear about us? And write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And if you're looking to take advantage of football season, then Bet Online is a place for you. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. That's NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Wrapping up my conversation with Matt Issa, the host of the Quest for the Best. As far as 3-4 is concerned, I think, again... It's so hard to separate these conversations without the team success. And look, I mean, the, the Miami Heat group from the late to the, you know, mid to late 90s, really, really, really good, really fun, probably defined my own Heat fandom. Um, the only other player that I liked before that was Glenn Rice. And he, and I never forgave Pat Riley for trading Glenn Rice, even to acquire Alonzo Mourning. So to me, that was. You know, it's hard to separate morning. And he was just, he was so great. He was so intense. You, know, you think about heat culture and the the defensive prowess of this team, of all these teams would have defined all these teams for 2006 to the big three era to today. It's always been about defense and Pat Riley and everything else. But Alonzo Mourning was the, the the symbol of all that for such a long time that it's kind of hard to separate. So I, I guess having said all that, despite that CB has much more team success, Alonzo probably ranks as the third best player in heat history. Yeah, he does. Uh, he actually, without giving away too much, he has like a little, like a very brief mention in episode five, but um, no, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he just so slightly edges him out, but if Bosch, you know, of course, both it's sad because both of them have like, you know, life-threatening injuries that kind of yep. hampered their career in one way or another. But if, if it hadn't happened to Bosch, like, you know, another year or two at the way Bosch was producing those last couple of years when LeBron left, he, yeah. I'd probably say he's three, you know? So then, you know, the, if Bosch is fourth, where does that leave the fifth best player in heat history? And I mean, that's, that's a pretty open discussion. I'm sure a lot of votes for Tim Hardaway. I'm sure Glenn Rice gets some because he had some pretty fantastic years here, even though he wound up achieving all-star success with the Charlotte Hornets and wound up winning a championship with Kobe and Shaq in Los Angeles. Um, I don't think that's usually considered in his, overall career arc here in Miami. Uh, Jimmy Butler has a pretty strong case. And I think a lot of that is also that tends to be oh, very subjective. Yeah. I mean, we look, uh, th there's a, a group chat that uh, a lot of heat, you know, writers and fans are a part of. 
and you know we were just having this discussion yesterday as far as where the 1920 run ranks in terms of heat finals runs you know like if they had won the championship where would they have ranked all time might have ranked number one even surpassing 2006 surpassing 2012 just because the pandemic the difficulties and challenges of the bubble and everything else and the fact that maybe the roster overall wasn't as star-studded as the los angeles lakers were um so i don't know do you have a fifth best player in heat history that you think deserves that that uh that label yeah i mean you come because at first like the first two that came to my mind are you know goran and hardaway because we just had that debate but now i'm thinking about baller and i'm really starting to talk myself into do you was it marcus thompson who wrote that piece after after the game that improbable game three by uh jimmy butler the ode to jimmy butler you know what I'm oh, talking about in the athletic? Yeah, I, I recall reading it, but I cannot, I cannot recall who wrote it. I think it probably was. He, he seems like that would. I don't know if he was in the, he wasn't in the bubble, so I don't know. Maybe I don't recall if he wrote it from there or not. Yeah, but it was like I don't know that piece like just encapsulated like what was going down in that series. And again, we talk about the unquantifiable, yeah. like the way Butler was going, kind of like Eastwood to uh, Gene Hack. Men on LeBron James, you know, like it was. Is this like, an like unforgiven reference? Yes, yes, it is. It is an unforgiven reference. All but right. um, the way he was dueling with him, like you know, just like two like cowboys in the Midwest, was like something like it just really stuck with me. You know, and those those two games that that they pulled out, they pulled out because Jimmy Butler was was on the roster. You know, so yeah. I mean, like I said, Hardaway had that moment in the '97 Eastern Conference Finals. He also had the longevity and then Goran Dragic, of course, he he played a big part in getting them to that point so that Butler could do that. And then he has, you know, what is it now? Is it six, six, six years with the, the Heat? Who, Goran? He was acquired in 2015. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, he's just finished his sixth season with the team. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, again, at the peak, it's Butler because, you know, I don't think either of them at their best could do what Butler did in that series. But yeah, like you said, there's so many different factors right now that I would, I mean, we might have to, we might have to make a new quest for the best just for <laughs> heat players. You could do that with every team. I'm sure. Uh, maybe not the Kings, although they have, yeah, some... I was going to say not every team watch that. Um, <laughs> Look, I, what, I just saw what, Chris what... Weber get enshrined and I kind of, again, help me remember how good those Sacramento teams were. Cause they were pretty good. And having fallen just short, of any title uh they were still a pretty good I, I think for a lot of fans too like a really defining team like you know people who grew up during that particular era watching them challenge the lakers and the aughts and stuff like that watching jason williams and mike bibby eventually and vladi divac and everything else those were really good teams yeah no i just did a podcast with somebody else my buddy corbin ford at uh um that wasn't Duncan dynasty it was hoop ball coverage and he, we did like a top five teams to never, never win an NBA championship. And he had them as number one. And I remember like they posted on Twitter and it was getting so many likes and retweets just because it had that starting five on it. Yeah. And I mean, I do, I love that roster. That is one of the most well-constructed rosters. And I do, I honestly kind of like the direction they're going in right now with Fox, Mitchell and Halliburton, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of alone in that, in that <laughs> school of thought. I mean, it, with them, it's always like this hype before the, the, the season and everybody gets excited about what happens. And then, you know, eventually, well, they don't wind up achieving much success. So that's that's interesting. I don't know. As far as my fifth 
My fifth player, like, you know, last year following the bubble, no brainer. I already said at that point in time, I recorded a show uh, with Rowan Nodkarni of Sports Illustrated, and we were talking about, you know, Jimmy Butler being on on the, uh, what is the Mount Rushmore of Heat players, and I thought that felt pretty good. And maybe we were all prisoners of the moment, but that's part of the fun, right? Isn't that, that's something you probably learned during this whole process was, you can try removing yourself of it, but at heart, we are all basketball fans and we are all just, we love the players. We love the game. We love seeing those great moments and those big games and everything else like that. And so it's, it's always fun. It's a, it's always great to have healthy debates about all these things. I mean, I've got my pick for the number one player of uh, all time, but uh, you know, for you who's listening, I hope you definitely check out Matt's podcast. You can find it anywhere. Uh, you listen to podcasts, the quest for the best, really, really good two episodes so far. And you'll have to wait for episode three coming out soon, but it's been a fun journey. And uh, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and talk to us about it. Yeah, David, no, thank you so much, man. It means a lot. It was a lot of fun. I've been a fan of the show for a while, so it's cool to you know, be on and to talk to you and finally get to talk. Yeah. Uh, please tell my listeners where they can find you and your great work. Yeah, so um, the easiest way to help me out is to follow me on Twitter at Mattisa15, that's spelled M-A-T-I-S-S-A-15. And from there, you can find all the stuff I'm associated with, links to them. In my bio, there's like a link to the Captivate site, which basically directs you to, you know, whichever podcast platform that you listen to podcasts on. And, uh, you know, I'd love it if you leave a, a review, hopefully positive, you know, maybe a... Um, something you know just just check out the podcast i guess that's all i could say no it's hey listen uh, again fantastic work uh i know it's been a big project that came from the heart but it, it really shows in the final product to me you know listening to the quality of the show the conversations the fact that you're able to incorporate all these incredible 70 plus interviews to help shape some sort of dynamic and and yeah i'm curious to see who winds up being number one on your list but uh everybody listening i know it's hard to kind of sandwich in all these podcasts throughout your days but definitely try to take you know the take advantage of the opportunity to listen to matt's show because it's definitely well worth it um Thanks again, Matt. I really do appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. And just a reminder that you can always reach me via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please follow the show and also leave a review for me and for Matt's show. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's episode. And thanks most of all to you for listening. This is David Ramil signing off for now. <laughs>